Welcome back to Crazy Ducks Football, episode 1.4, and now we are on iTunes. Um, yeah, very, good week for, very exciting good week time for, for us. Good week for football this week. Very good week. Um, let's start it off. Philly, Atlanta. Yeah, you guys had a pretty easy time of it this week. Chris Redman yeah. has no match. No, I th- uh, Sheldon with two picks. Um, I believe. Hmm, who had that other pick? Was it uh, Macho? I think it might have been Macho. Um, g- I liked the game though. It was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, Michael Vick certainly making an impact in oh, his yeah. first return trip back to Atlanta. About a sixty forty booze cheers reaction, I think. I think more cheers than there was booze, to be honest with you. Really? Um, by the end, by the end, the entire uh, Falcons fan base was cheering for Mike Vick. Yes. After, I did hear that. After, so, um, you got to feel bad for the Falcons. I mean, you're losing, and then Chris Redman, well, they start cheering for the other team's quarterback. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. But it's nice uh, that he got some playing time in this game, because. Um, he did go two for two for 48 yards and a touchdown and ran for one himself as well. Yeah, had a good game. For the time he was in there, he was definitely an impact player at that point. And it was nice to see. Uh, yeah, Leonard Weaver also breaking out, uh, having a good game. Um, gets 101 yard total yards, uh, leads, the, leads the game in rushing with 36 rushing yards. Um, gets a touchdown to start the game off, and overall good game for him. Definitely. Um, we didn't see as much of LaShawn McCoy as I would have liked, no. because I like that guy. Um, and the Eagles receivers uh, filling in for Deshaun Jackson's absence. Uh, we did see a little bit more of Jeremy Macklin, a little bit more of Leonard Weaver, Jason Avant, guys like that, um, catching passes. And I believe that um, I believe that uh, my uh, fantasy predictions were right when I said you should start a lot of Eagles receivers. Yes, um, they did manage two passing touchdowns on the day. Brent Selleck really broke out in the second half, um, and got you a tidy. I believe it's seven fantasy points, which I'll take from my tight end on most days with the luck I've had in fantasy with my tight ends this year. 
I'll take seven points any week. And uh, you, you said uh, a couple weeks ago to me when we were watching the games, Leonard Weaver's going to be an impact player. He can grind it out, get you those yards. And really, he showed it in this game. Uh, looked like he needed a little bit of oxygen after yeah. taking that long <laughs> he run. He was pretty tired. Taking a long 59-yard run. But uh, he played well and really showed what he can do in this game. Uh, I also liked uh, Elger Buckley. Elger Buckley looked good with uh, eight carries for 33 yards. Yeah. Uh, like it, uh, they took him away from the Chargers practice squad uh, last year. Many people don't know that. Yeah, including me, and I'm a Charger fan, so he taught that to me last week. Um, my fantasy prediction of starting Roddy White was about the only one that panned out for the Falcons. Uh, he had nine receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown. That, Pretty much the only guy Chris Redmond threw it to. Yeah. I I figured he would be just because um, he's he's kind of still adjusting to being under center. And who's your big play receiver? He's the only one they have. And you can see that with Tony Gonzalez, too. He had eight receptions for 72 yards. So both those um, big play guys getting a lot of action in this game. Didn't help them though. They ended up losing 34 to seven, and the Eagles looked like uh, it was effortless out there. Pretty much 34 to nothing. I mean, as, instead of the garbage touchdown in the last two seconds, <laughs> the, Eagle, the Eagles dominated this game. A touchdown's a touchdown, but garbage touchdown. I, I find that a funny term, just because. For most teams, a touchdown's a touchdown, and fans get mad if they, uh, their team can't pitch a shutout and give up the garbage touchdown by playing the prevent defense at the end of the game. Yeah, but uh, overall, not much else to say about this game. Mike Vick's comeback is a success. Uh, Philly wins big in the Georgia Dome. Yes. Let's move on to New Orleans, Washington. Great game. Absolutely great game. Um, Me and Jordan watched this together, and I, I thought it was all over. And then uh, Jordan says, turn on the Saints game right now. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, I see this, and the Saints tied it back up. What a game. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't looking to be one of those memorable games. Um, definitely not looking to be a memorable game because the Saints shouldn't have had this much trouble, to be perfectly honest. And really, they're sitting at 12-0 right now, but they shouldn't be if it weren't no. for a little bit of help from now the New Orleans Saints' best friend. Um, and currently unemployed. Sean Swisham. Too bad, he's a Canadian, I like the guy, but... uh, He did go three for four, but he missed it when it counted. A 23-yard kick, and that does not surprise me at all that he's out of a job. Yeah. When you have the chance to go up 10 points with approximately two minutes left in the fourth quarter against an undefeated team... 
that's pretty much the way the Saints season has or the Redskins season has been going so far. All those Redskins fans out there actually thought at this point, I would think they would be thinking, all this waiting, all this suffering, our pain is finally over. People will take us seriously when we beat the undefeated team. All we have to do is hit this chip shot field goal. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It happened again. We hit the iceberg. We're going down again. Here we go. Yeah. The Redskins are probably the best 3-8 and eight team in history, though. Uh, they've, they've done pretty good after starting the season out so bad. I like what uh, George Sherman has done and come in and got, did. Uh, this offense is now up to scoring a lot more points per game. He, 24 last week versus the Eagles, 30 this week versus the Saints. Pretty good game. Yeah, absolutely a great game. And after they missed that field goal, you could really feel the stadium, the home crowd deflate. And it was only a matter of time before Drew Brees uh, tied it up and Saints found a way to win. Yeah, this game did go into overtime, but when you give Drew Brees the ball, he's going to score. Moving to our last, or our uh, much more of a snoozer, and our, probably our worst snoozer of the week, Carolina Tampa Bay. Yeah, I was watching this game. I had Carmel Williams on my fantasy team. Tampa Bay went in the red zone six times, I believe, and each time they just got shut down and shut down and shut down. Mark Sanchez had a five-pick game. Matt Stafford had a five-pick game. Now it was Josh Friedman's turn to have a five-pick game. Five interceptions in this ball game. I believe three of them were in the red zone. So they had their chances, but they couldn't get it done. Oh, no. Not at all. I mean, Josh Freeman, I mean, I like the guy. He looks like a pretty good project, but he just... he They had a chance to win it, and they blew it. I mean, if you throw five picks, your team's not going to win, but... They looked like a one-win team. They really yeah. did. Because they had their chances, but they've never been able to capitalize on any of them. The Tampa Bay Bucks, though, like the Lions, I think they got the pieces in play. They just need to get uh, the team working together, and they got to get just uh, better. But I do see them uh, getting a lot better in, in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Josh Friedman has looked... Honestly, with the exception of all the picks, he's looked pretty good in his yeah, first few yeah. games as Bucks quarterback. And really, they should have won this game, but they just couldn't pull it out in the red zone when it mattered. And he did throw for 321 yards, so uh, losing to the Carolina Panthers 16-6, to uh, pretty much... Big snoozer. Uh, but not as many snoozers as we said there would be, but... um. No, definitely not. Upset special this week. All yeah. over the place. Moving on to St. Louis at Chicago. This is one of the ones that I was hoping would be an upset special, but unfortunately, not so I think much. All the, I think all the picks that we disagreed on, Jordan, I beat you. I beat you in the Chicago one, I beat you in the... Uh, beat you in the Minnesota Arizona challenge game. 
and I beat. I believe I beat you in the Giants Dallas one as well. Uh, yes, you did. Uh, thanks for reminding me. I'm the smartest man alive. Three for three this week in challenge games. Yes, uh-huh. and um, I went nine for nine for sixteen in my picks this week. Unacceptable. And I Ooh. vow to right the ship this week. And I was telling Tyler my picks before the show, and he once again looked at me like I or sounded like I was an idiot. Um, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes this week. I'm hoping for ten wins this week, but. I went I went uh, thirteen for three last week. Oh, so, wow! I really need to step up the game here. New game plan. But, but um, yeah, uh, good week. Moving on though to back going to the Chicago St. Louis game. Yeah, and like you said in the fantasy file uh, preview we had there. We each had the running back starting in this game. I had Steven Jackson on my stardom, and you had Matt Forte on your stardom. And they both had very good games. Yeah, Matt Forte, I think, having the best game of his uh, season this this, uh, this uh, game. He did finish with 24 carries for 91 yards and one TD. So about he finished with about 15 fantasy points, which is pretty good for your running back. Um, Steven Jackson also having a good game. Rushing for over 100 yards. And I noticed that he was given more carries. Kyle Bulwer threw 46 passes last week and only 32 this week. <laughs> so still need to, uh, still need to cut down on the carries a little bit, or on the throwing a little bit, but, uh, a decent, uh, but a good run and pass mix. Not, not too. Um, not that your season matters much, Rams fans. No, no offense, but we do. We did have a couple of injuries in this game. Um, OJ Atagwe, the probably the best player for my money on the St. Louis Rams team is now out for the season with a shoulder injury. So that's a blow for your defense, but hopefully he can come back stronger next year. They do have him franchise tag though, so we'll have to see, we'll have to see if they can keep him. Um and Devin Hester left the game and did not return. So we'll have to see the extent of that injury in our preview show on Saturday. St. Louis um, now eliminated out of the playoffs, along with another team, a bunch of other teams. Uh, still got a lot, of, a lot to look forward, Rams. Um, forward to Rams. I mean, you got uh, you have a you've got a good group of young players. I think you draft your quarterback this year. Uh, in a couple of years, you'll be good, just like the Lions, the Bucks, and the the Chiefs. And for those of you listening to this podcast, you may have heard some yawning from both of us at the start of the show. We yeah. we are recording pretty late, but uh, we apologize for that. It's been a long day. Um, yeah. Moving on to our next game, Cincinnati-Detroit. Uh, I like this game. I think Cincinnati should have beat them by more. Yeah. I'm a little worried about Cincinnati. I mean... 
They only managed 16 points against the Browns. They only managed 23 against the Lions. And managed to beat the Browns by 7. Beat the Lions by 10. Um, Their offense in two games against the Lions and the Browns has scored a total of 39 points. To me, against those two teams, that's not enough production. No, I mean, their offense has uh, been subpar, but their defense has been really impressing me. Uh, they, they look, you look, they've got a, they got a pretty good defense. Um, uh, that's why I think they'll win next week in Minnesota. We will get to that in our preview show, though. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about Cincy. I think Cincy's been a pretty good team this year. They're nine wins, I believe. Nine and three. Um, I believe they're, they're going to win that division. They've got all the head-to-head win. Um, and Baltimore losing to Green Bay and uh, Pittsburgh losing to Oakland pretty much uh, takes them out of contention for beating uh, the the winning the division. But uh, I'm not too worried about Cincy. Yeah, and Bengals fans, Cedric Benson is back. 110 rushing yards. 36 carries. We were worried about him not being able to take some of the load maybe Larry Johnson or Bernard Scott would factor in no they just gave it all to Cedric Benson <laughs> yeah and Chad Ochocinco also having a good day also having a good day 140 yards nearly and a touchdown nice tidy 20 fantasy points did you see the sombrero dance you I did see the sombrero dance and I thought that was hilarious I a lot of people think the guy's conceited and arrogant, and there's no doubt that he is. I just find him entertaining. I think he's not doing it because out of spite for anyone else, out of spite for the commissioner. I I just think he's doing it to have fun. Yeah, the channel just think I like to have fun. Right. Find $30,000 from this from the No Fun League, but I mean... You got it. You got it. Chad Ochoseco just wants to have fun out there. I mean, he's not doing any harm. I don't know why you, uh, why you uh, fine him thirty thousand for that. But uh, I I think he's, I think T.O. and Chad Ochoseco have an entirely different purpose in their celebrations, in their touchdown dances, their antics. I think. Chad is more for having fun, and Tio's more for having spite, spite and garnering media attention. Yeah, he wants. But, um, he wants to be on SportsCenter. That's his main goal. If he's not, yeah, he's if he's not on ESPN for the week, he's not satisfied enough. No, but uh, Chad Ochoacinco obviously has got the money to do this. I like the guy. I think he's a decent receiver. Um, you know what? But since he getting the win and uh, moving on to more of a blowout win, like expected, the Broncos and the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I said on the preview show, I'm going to be the biggest Chiefs fan in the world this week, but uh, they just couldn't do it for me. Yeah, no. Jamal Charles, like I said, you should start. Uh, 56 yards and a TD, also a fumble. So, 10 points for you there. Decent for uh, third running back or 
just a fill-in running back. Um, if we if we look on the Denver Broncos side of the ground game, though, a lot better than uh, the Chiefs side of the ground game. We've got Carell Buckhalter rushing for over a hundred yards on twelve carries. We got Noshawn Moreno, eighty-five yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I like Carell ever since he left the. Ever since him and B Doc left the Eagles, I, f- I feel like a piece of our team. Buckholder only being a second string halfback, but uh, he was a good second stringer. I believe that he he fought hard for his carries, and I do I do think he could be like a starter in a team that doesn't have a very good running back. But I think Denver did a good job bringing him in, and uh, well, he's re- using they're him reaping sparingly. the rewards. Using him sparingly. Yeah. And. But, uh, I was just going to mention that the Chiefs retired Derek Thomas's number during halftime of this game, but the Broncos weren't feeling in a ceremonious mood. Uh, Brandon Marshall with another touchdown. Brandon Marshall is doing good this year after starting out the year on a low note. Denver is now 7-4, and 8-4. and 8-4, and yes. Yes. Um, I do see them making the playoffs this year. A wild card spot. Um, Chargers have to be wary. They lose to the, or they win against the Cleveland Browns, but very closely. Yeah, very close well, game. Yeah, I think that was partly our defense kind of slacking off towards the end there, taking that 20-point lead for granted that we had going into the fourth. And they always kind of do that, which worries me about that team, just because I think that one of these days. One of these days, it's going to haunt them. But we'll get that yeah. to that a little bit later. My question to you about Denver is, Eddie Royal's been kind of quiet. Um, do you think he'll factor in more if they get that wild card spot? Uh, yeah, Eddie Royal, I mean, he gets two receptions for 32 yards. Uh, he, he's not a big guy. I believe he's only drafted last year, and I, I, think, he was only, I think he was drafted in like this fourth round or something like that um let me pull up his stats quickly but i think he he will be more of a factor uh Broncos like to use him more as a punt returner kick returner special more than a receiver i mean they like using jabbar gaffney and brandon marshall on the outside um and uh, Eddie Royal more in the slot. And Kyle Orton, D- Denver runs a lot of I-form formation. Uh, more safe plays for Kyle Orton. More check downs than deep throws. But um, uh, so, they, so Eddie Royal is not going to get involved as much as uh, they'd like. And uh, But uh, I think in the playoffs he'll step his game up a little bit and maybe uh, get some more big plays for them. And he was drafted in round two out of of Virginia Tech. Yeah, and on the Chiefs side of the ball, uh, Matt Castle benched in the third quarter. Uh, He will start next week, but he looked terrible in this game. 84 yards, two picks. 10 for 24. uh, 29, actually. 10 for 29. 84 yards and two picks. Uh, Matt, I think the Chiefs did the right thing in bringing Cassell in. I think they did the wrong thing by getting away rid of his weapons. Uh, he's he's only got Dwayne Bow to throw to, and Dwayne Bow is uh, suspended right now. 
he will not be back until week 15 in Cleveland. So still two more or a, a week to go. Um, yeah, you can really tell he does not have his weapons. weapons. I think the Chiefs need to go O-line add weapons in this draft. They need that special guy. And the average uh, fan rating on NFL.com? Zero. We have, oh, uh, Matt Cassell, yeah. We have a zero. I think that's our yeah. first zero all year. Yeah, he did not do good this game at all. Um, but the Chiefs, I think they need, they need to draft a playmaker in this draft. They need to go for a guy like, uh, you know, let me think here, like uh, Florida's uh, Brandon, or sorry, they need to go for Florida's uh, Matt Hernandez or Alabama's Ingram, something, just a playmaker that can do make plays. Um but yeah, overall, not a good performance by Matt Castle. No, he's got to step it up for the next game if he wants to remain the starter on this team. I mean, their backup is, if I'm not mistaken, Brody Croyle. And he didn't fare much better, actually. So, I think Castle keeps the job, but man... If he keeps putting out performances like that, I just don't know how much longer he can last. Moving on to our next game, Indianapolis and Tennessee. A closer game. Or, no, we, we predicted this would be a pretty close game. Chris Johnson getting another 100-plus yard performance. Man, that guy's flirting with a 2000 season pretty heavily. Hey, if his team didn't suck, he'd be my leader for MVP right now. Oh, he is on the MVP league, uh, list. Um, Deservedly so. The team, the team, the Tennessee doesn't suck. They they lost close games in the beginning of the season. They just uh, didn't look like the Tennessee we're used to seeing at the beginning no, of I this think, year. I think Kerry Collins was very old. Uh, I just think he's a he was kind of kind of looking sort of lethargic out there. Vince Young definitely electrifies this team. There's five and seven. They're pretty much. I think they're out of the playoffs. Um, they need a lot of help if they want to make the playoffs. Even still, I think they're not going to get it. But uh, I mean, Tennessee. They're they're a good team. I think they'll be a good team for years to come. Uh, View wise, looking a lot better. Chris Johnson, oh, he's a spark in that team. They need a they need a solid number one receiver. They don't have that. Uh, Bo Bobo Scape, as I like to call him, they like to throw to him a lot. But they need a solid number one big guy, guy receiver. Uh, that's why in my mock draft I have uh, Derek McClellan out of Old Miss going to them. Very good guy, um, playmaker, but. We'll get more of that into our mock draft show. Yeah, and but, you uh, you look at, and that's coming down the pipeline pretty soon after the playoffs are over, so look for that. That's going to be a long one because I know Tyler likes his draft. Um, yeah. So do I, really. Drafts are uh, some of the most exciting stuff of the year. So. Me and Jordan are going to be watching the draft round one, round two, one, three, round four, round five, round six, round seven. Oh, we've got you covered. Don't worry about a thing. But you look at the Colts' remaining schedule. 
And uh, where's the loss there? Really? 16-0, a possibility? Definitely. The Colts resting their players? Almost as certainly. Uh, I don't see the Colts going 16-0 if they rest their players. I do not think they rest their players this early. If they get a win next week at Denver, um, they will clinch first place in the AFC, which is always a good sign. But do I see them getting, uh, getting resting their players? Yeah, I wouldn't rest their players, though, as early as they want to. Yeah, um, I mean, sure they want that 16-0, and but they're looking towards the playoffs. And if, yeah. if they rest their players now, going in 100% to the playoffs, that's their top priority. If they lose one of their main stars and go 16-0, and they'll that, be, that means nothing. They'll be disappointed. They will yeah. not end up in Dolphins' historia, as everybody else likes to call it. But um, yeah, the Colts looking uh, looking like that. I see them if they get the first round by. You never want to rest players too early because then they get rusty. Um, they they play Denver this week. Who do they play next week, Jordan? They play. I will pull that up for you. My apologies. They play. Yes, they play Denver this upcoming week. And then I believe they have a relatively easy schedule from here on out, if I remember. They play Jacksonville one more time. They play... Hmm. If I could find them on the schedule, that would be good. <laughs> yes, they play Jacksonville Thursday night, prime time. That may... And we have a Saturday night game that week as well, week 15, in which the Saints play. Um, They play the Jets at home in week 16. And week 17, they play the Buffalo Bills on the road. So, yeah, I I really only see that. that, um... So, um, if they don't rest their players... Let's say they take their players, which I don't think is a possibility right now. They take all their players. They don't rest any of them, except for maybe Joseph Adai, a guy like that. Wait, Manning. Where's the loss there? Where could they be in trouble? Jacksonville. If if Jacksonville's fighting for a playoff spot, then I see them. I see them being the only one. But if Jacksonville's already out of the playoffs by the time they play. I, I don't see a loss there for the Colts. They probably will go undefeated, even if they rest their players. Um, <laughs> Peyton Manning will. Uh, yeah, I see. I just. I see uh, them having our, their schedule is so easy upcoming. I see them winning the rest of their games, winning out. So, so you see them winning out with Jim Sorgi or J.P. Lossman as their quarterback. Well, yeah, I mean. The Bills, the Jets, Jacksonville. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna use their starters next week at Denver when they become fourteen and zero. They win next week. They clinch. They clinch their uh, first place in the a- AFC. Um, I just see them winning out. If Denver beats them next week, 
I still think if Denver beats them next week, the Colts will rest their players for certain. Sure. I, I think that's their biggest threat remaining in the season is Denver, even yeah. if they have all their starters playing. Um, but you, Elvis Dumerville, if I think he has uh, 15 sacks this year. Yes, he does. 15 sacks. Um, he he will be the biggest threat. He and Brandon Marshall and the rest of the Broncos offense. Although I don't see them pulling out a win versus Colts. We will get to that in preview C game. And I, but, uh, as I said, I I will be a Colts fan this weekend. I was a Chiefs fan last weekend. I will be a Colts fan this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, but if D- Denver uh, getting a loss, I believe. We'll get that more on the preview show. But uh, Colts, I'm predicting a 16-0 and season um, all the way to the Super Bowl and then being defeated. But uh, I won't tell you who yet. If he yet. Does. Okay. Um, one guy in this game that really broke out to have a great game is Pierre Garçon. Oh, yeah. I... That's Peter Guy, as I like to call him. Or, That's his or Peter Waiter, name. either way. Yeah. Um, he, he's really looking good. My question is, I thought Anthony Gonzalez would be back by now. He's, I didn't think he was placed on IR. He's supposed to be. But the reason I think he's not starting is they like the Colts like the receivers too much. They like I mean, Pierre they, Garçon. They like the Austin Collie. There's just not a spot for Anthony anymore. I do think Anthony works his way up into maybe the third receiver spot. spot. But um, they love Austin Colley. They love Pierre Garçon. They love Reggie Wade. I mean, there's no there's no place for Anthony Gonzalez. And then you've anymore. got Dallas Clark as if you didn't have enough to worry about already. Yeah, I just think... Uh, I think uh, they're going to wait Anthony Gonzalez waiting until the playoffs before he gets back into the game. Because they have such good receivers to fall back on. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I'd like to see Anthony Gonzalez back there. But the Colts look good. And don't mess with something if it isn't broken. Uh, no. Um, our next game, I believe, is Jacksonville-Houston. Yes. Um, Mojo, Maurice Jones threw 24 carries, 76 yards, no TDs. Sorry, fantasy owners. Um, David Garrard win, won this game for Jacksonville with uh, I, two TDs and 238 yards. Yeah, I still don't believe David Garrard is the guy that you want winning the game for you. I mean, Maurice Jones-Drew is such a high-caliber back that I, I think you don't mess with the machine. I don't know what Jack Del Rio's philosophy is that maybe... For some strange reason, he believes that Maurice Jones-Drew is only 5'7". You can't take the load of a feature back. Uh, I don't know. But 24 carries? I would give MJD 30 carries a game if I were coaching the Jags. But I'm not. Oh, yeah. And alas. But, uh, yeah, I really think Drew... David Garrard is not a starting quarterback. Not, at least not a good starting quarterback. Um, really, I think Jacksonville needs to go quarterback and get a better quarterback. But in the meantime, you should be running the ball with Maurice Jones. Um, I just... Jack Del Rio, I mean, he's got his team at 7-5 and five in the wild card race. Um, 
So obviously he can't be doing that much wrong, but still, you could win a lot of your games if you just ran the ball with Mojo. Yeah, for sure. He's the kind of guy that is so explosive, he can win games for you by himself. Um, Texans fans, unfortunately, uh, I like Matt Schaub. I think he's a good quarterback. And uh, he didn't have the greatest game. And unfortunately for Texans fans, they got even worse news this week as Steve Slayton is placed on injured reserve. Yes, um, Steve Slayton. Sorry for the guys, including me, that took him in the number 10th pick in fantasy football instead of going Larry Fitzgerald. I know people Uh, that took him in the fifth slot. Yeah, so really, Steve Slayton has been a huge disappointment this season. He's in a sophomore slump. And Uh, if he were on the board in my league when I was picking, I would have taken him. I'm not going to lie, but he's been a huge fantasy disappointment for owners this year. He has, he hasn't been a bad running back. He's been a uh, fantasy bust though. Um, I do think Texans need a better running back. I do think the Texans need a better quarterback than Matt Schwab, but I think they can keep on to him for a couple of uh, years. Sorry, Texans fans, it's going to be another eight and eight season for you. Your playoff hopes are uh, down the drain. Yeah, you're you're done. I'm sorry, but. Uh... Yeah, on any team with Andre Johnson on it is bound to improve. Oh yeah, I think Texans uh, next year will get a ten-win season and make the playoffs. I see another young team that has the potential to go all the way. But how? Yet. My question to you is: How long have we been saying that about the Texans? Well, pretty much after three years they're in the league, they should have been in. I do think the Texans owner should fire Gary Kubiak. I don't think he's the uh, answer at head coach. I agree with you. Um, I'll, I'll gladly give up North Turner if it suits him. Because uh-uh. um, you're basically exchanging one for the other. And pretty much the same coach in my mind. You, uh, you, you're on the hot seat, Jordan. You are... One of the three big-name coaches out there, Mark, Mark Shanahan, John Gruden, Bill Cowher. There may be more. I just can't remember their names right at the moment. You have the choice to go to the Texans and win right away or go to a team like Carolina, Buffalo, um, the Bears. I mean, these teams that have placed the pieces in play, they just need to get a little bit better. Or you can go to the Texans that are already getting better. What do you do? Is this before or after the draft? This is before the draft. Okay. I go to the Bears if they draft a receiver. I think the Bears have all the pieces to be a playoff contender, an absolute winning team. They just lack that explosive number one receiver. I mean, Devin Hester, Earl Bennett, Johnny Knox, they've all tried and... Uh, done a marginally marginal job um, in supporting Jay, Cut- Jay Cutler. And Jay Cutler, I will say right now, is the quarterback of the future in Chicago. Matt Forte is the running back of the future in Chicago. You gotta remember, Matt Forte, they're always going to sophomore slump after you have an explosive season like Forte did. Um... Last year, they're going to be key, defense is going to key on you more, 
and with the offensive line of Chicago being not that good, I think though once the offensive line repu- improves, Matt Forte will start doing a lot better. Uh, I do think the Pacers are going to play for Chicago. They just need to put that final move and checkmate the guys. As as for a final answer to your question, as I said before, Chicago out of those four teams, Carolina, Buffalo, Houston, Chicago, Chicago would be my first choice with Houston being the runner-up. But I do think both teams have the majority of the pieces in place to contend. They just need one or two more players to make yes. that final push. Yes, definitely. Um, if you ask me the same question, I'm saying Houston, just because I think Houston gets a couple of pieces in play. They get a better defense. They get You get your uh, safeties and corners. You get those guys. And you can be a playoff contender. Um, I go to Houston. Okay, I'm just hoping for a job right now, and I'd love to have one of those three guys on my sideline. Any but, uh, one of those three. Oh, yeah, news this week just reminded me. Andy Reid gets a contract extension. I'm kind of surprised. I thought he... Um, I know the Eagles are happy with him. I know... Um, the, the fans aren't, though. Yeah. Which is kind of dumb because Andy makes this team what it is. Andy, you know, Andy loves the passing strategy, as anybody knows, and he's been to—you're the Eagles fan here—five NFC Championship games. Yeah, I think I think Eagles fans are pretty dumb for uh, um, not wanting Andy here and a different coach. You remember, it took 14 seasons for Coward to win his first Super Bowl. Andy Reid has in, been in the league 10 seasons. He's been to one Super Bowl. I see him getting getting a Super Bowl in the next five years. Um, I think Eagles fans, I mean, you got to remember, if we never had Andy Reid, we would never have our drafts that we had. We'd never get the Brian Westbrooks in the third round, the Deshaun Jackson in the second round. Uh, we, That's the we best pick of last year's draft. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, Andy Reid makes this team what it is. Without Andy Reid, we'd be... I bet right now if we had we hired say I don't know a lower name coach like uh I don't even know who's say, on the market. So you get uh John Fox if he's fired from Carolina. Yeah, I I just Andy Reid has made this team a winner and fans saying, Oh, he sucks this past playing strategy Remember, it's he's taken the team to five NFC Championship games, so something must be working. I do think the Eagles need to fire Marty Mortenwig because uh, you got to remember he is the offensive coordinator. Um, he calls too many passes play pass plays. They get, but um, I do think this is the right move for the Eagles here. Yeah, I I definitely think so. Andy Reid has always been one of my personally favorite coaches um i had kind of thought he was considering walking away from the game at least for a little while so that's mm-hmm. why i was initially surprised that he accept, uh, accepted the extension so quickly but uh i think in the long run this is going to benefit philly and uh 
I believe the extension is for five years. Uh, the Eagles do have 22 of their current players signed through 2012. Yeah, and you have a young base. They're going to age, get in their primes, and I I see the Eagles in, I'm not going to say win, but in another Super Bowl within the next three seasons. Oh, yeah. I see the Eagles maybe becoming the dynasty of the 2010s with just all the talent and stuff they have locked up currently to, through the 2012 season. Yeah, I definitely think there's a very bright future in uh, Philly, and I I applaud you for being a fan of a team that hasn't quite made it yet, but has been on the cusp several times, uh, such as my team, San Diego. We are the Eagles of the AFC. Lots of yeah. talent, been on the cusp many times. Almost made it to the Super Bowl several times, several deep playoff runs, but have never quite been able to crack. No, uh, I do see San Diego as a good team. Uh, they're not they're not as young as the Eagles are. Yeah, but they do they do have a young core of talent. Uh, I see Seattle or uh, San Diego, my mistake, in Super Bowls, maybe this year. They're looking pretty hot. And when the Colts play San Diego in the playoffs, the Colts always seem to struggle. Yeah, we have their number. We've already beaten them two years in a row in the playoffs. And that's a stat I am very, very proud of as a San Diego fan. And um, really, I, I love this team, but it shows that you may have more faith in them than I do. I think they always... Start off slow. They're very slow starters. They started the season two and three this year. They've won seven in a row. They get hot at the right time. They go into the playoffs. They were four and eight at this time last year. They won their last four games. Won the division. Beat the Colts in the playoffs somehow by some miracle. And then... You just got to hope San Diego doesn't get cool at the wrong time. I mean, you got to lose sometime. That that's why I think New Orleans or uh Colts are no are not going to be the people in the Super Bowl. That's that's what I was worried about. Are we getting hot too early? We were we were um week 7. Week 6 actually was our last loss this year to the Broncos. Since then, we have beaten the Browns, the Chiefs twice, the Broncos again, the Giants, the Eagles, and one team that is escaping me right now. But, oh yeah, the Raiders as well. So, not the greatest of teams, but to get that confidence and beat... A couple of good teams in there, in the Giants and the Eagles, um, and the Broncos. I, th- I think that'll benefit us going into the playoffs. And sitting right now at 9-3, and three, we're in a very good spot. Yeah, I believe uh, Broncos are 8-4, and four, correct? Yes. So right on your tail. Yeah, they're they're doing a great job of keeping up. 
San Diego does play. Uh, I'm, I don't know. San Diego plays Dallas this week, I believe. They play Dallas, Cincinnati in week 15, uh, Tennessee and Washington to close out the year. I, I see you finish out the year 2-2. Two and two. So you finish the season 11-5. and five. Broncos will finish the season 10-6. and six. You'll get into the playoff as the fourth seed, and you'll, you should get hot. We'll see. But anyways, moving on to the next game. Uh, Oakland at Pittsburgh. How did we get sidetracked from Jacksonville and Houston to that? I don't know, but um, yeah. Oakland at Pittsburgh. Upset, upset, upset. Be there, be there, be there. This is... Now, no longer people can say Philadelphia sucks because they lost to Oakland because Pittsburgh has lost to them, too. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh just because, I mean, they lost to Oakland. They lost to Kansas City. They're 6-6. Six and six. They have slim playoff hopes now. Maybe the Super Bowl winning curse. I don't want to call it a curse because he won a Super Bowl. But the curse of not making the playoffs the following year. It could very well live on in Pittsburgh. Yes. Pittsburgh. They are uh, sitting at 6-6. Six and six. In the competitive AFC division, I do not think they are making the playoffs. Especially since um, Denver and... Jacksonville are two games ahead of them. Or Jacksonville only one, but Denver two games ahead of them for the wild card. Pittsburgh, they have a very, very tough schedule remaining. Um, losing to Oakland pretty much sealed the deal for this team, I think. Yeah, when I look at their schedule and I thought in the remaining, they were struggling at that time, I thought they have Oakland and Cleveland coming up. If they can win those two games, and they should win those two games, they may have a good shot at making that wild card, winning the division. And all of a sudden, they lose to Oakland. Um, the whole playoff pitcher flips. Bruce Gregkowski throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Gregkowski throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. You are not yeah. a playoff team. We'll have to see what Brady Quinn can do against them next week. But well, Gradkowski is a very good team, um, or a g- good player. Is he the Oakland answer? No. Is he a good player? Yes, he wins games. Uh, one player I do very like on the Raiders. That's Lewis Murphy, six-two. Uh, Sort of like a Heinz Ward type of player for me. Makes the blocks downfield. Tough as nails receiver. Speedster. And the new favorite target of the quarterback. Greg Kielski, yes. Finishes with four yard, or four receptions for 128 yards. On the waiver wires in fantasy. Pick him up. Um, he's had a good season up until this point. Uh, I believe he was a fifth round pick. Um, he was... Uh, Drafted in the fourth round um, by the Oakland Raiders last year. Played for Florida. So the Florida Florida Gators. 
pretty good, pretty good uh, season he has so far. Yeah, definitely. And anytime you can get it on the quarterback's good side, as I said, that's always a good thing. And uh, I had mixed fantasy reactions in this game. I said start Richard Mendenhall, but sit and San Antonio Holmes. Guess what? They both had huge games. So never listen to me again. Um, Richard Mendenhall, 16 points. San Antonio Holmes, 20 points. And one yard away from another point. So, yeah, mixed reactions on that side of the fantasy football discussion. But my other question to you is now that the Raiders have started to win, quote-unquote, um, they have four wins now? Four, yes. Four and eight? Four and eight, yes. And... Does Jamarcus Russell, as we saw in the picture for last week's podcast posting um, on the website, crazyconnectsfootball.blogspot.com, check it out when you have some time, but does Jamarcus Russell take another snap for the entire year? Not for the rest of his career, I think. Um, It's too bad. I like this guy coming out of LSU. He was big. Member of he was a big arm, played in a pro style offense. I liked him. Unfortunately, I do not think he was put in the right system. No. Uh, the Raiders like to play their team like a Madden team. They think if they have a big arm and fast receivers, they'll be able to win. That not so in real life. Um, and I mean, when you look at this guy, he does have a huge arm, but he has no accuracy. He's big. But he's big in a bad way as well. Um, and you look at Jamarcus, and he's he's pretty high right now on the what I like to call being a Charger fan myself, the Ryan Leaf busto meter. Um, there were such high expectations put on this guy, and he's approaching the level of a Charles Rogers Ryan Leaf type bust in Oakland. Yeah, it's unfortunate for him. I think he could have had a better career if he was put in a better system. Oh, absolutely. Um, I do not see him taking another snap as a starting quarterback. He perhaps could finish his career up as like a third stringer, maybe a second stringer. But um, I could I could see him being cut by the Raiders and picked up. going to camp in a couple years on a tryout for another team. Yeah, I, I think he, he's never going to be starting quarterback. He could be a Rex Grossman type of guy. Goes on, Rex Grossman now is the second straight quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um, goes and bees, uh, is a second stringer for the rest of his career. Uh, do, you th- probably. do you think we see him retire in the next couple of years? <laughs> no, too young. I think he's got he he could be Dante Culpepper too, um, but uh, I do think I do see him jumping around in a couple of bad teams for the next three, four, five years, and then finally retiring at the right at the age of thirty. Do you like when we look back on the Raiders preseason, passing over Michael Crabtree to draft Darius Hayward Bay? Which, Dumb decision. Which. 
I would. I don't know about that. I mean, with the whole, I know Crabtree's a great player, but maybe they knew about the holdout prior to the whole th- the whole draft uh, board going down. But um, I mean, Hayward Bay's a good player, but Crabtree's, in my opinion, a better player. And this is a team that cut Jeff Garcia at the start of the season. Um. And I, I've got to believe that they're thinking, boy, would we like to have him back right now? Pro- uh, Crabtree or Garcia? Both. Provide some, uh, provide some stability to that offense. Even a guy, a leader in the locker room, leader on the bench. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I think uh, the Raiders went the wrong decision completely and drafted receiver in that draft. Uh, they should have gone defense or perhaps uh, quarterback. They looked uh, fast 40 time, as they yeah. always do. Fast 40 time from Darius Hayward Bay, Al Davis's favorite thing in the world. Um, a guy who admitted recently that he'll quit when the Raiders win two Super Bowls or he dies. Um oh. I'll give you a hint as to which one happens first. Um, yeah, he looks like he should already have kicked the bucket. But, um, yeah, I don't see the Raiders winning two Super two more Super Bowls with him as owners, especially if he keeps drafting like that. Yeah, if he wants his team to play like a Madden team... Uh... He's not going to get them. Uh, speed and big arms does not win you games. Um, I like speed and big arms. I like big O-line, big arms, lots of speed. But if your QB has no accuracy and can't hit the broad side of a barn and overthrows your receivers by 10 yards, yeah, you're not going to win too many games. No. But a surprise upset by the Oakland Raiders. Um, yeah, good job, guys. We've we've been. I love how for the last five minutes we've been basically tearing their entire system apart, and yet they won this game. Yeah, against a possible playoff contender. The Raiders are a lock for four wins every a year. That doesn't matter what team they play. Um, but you know what, the Raiders. They do not have as bright as future as the other teams that I said do until Al Davis retires. Or dies. As dies. He, he says um, he will do before he quits owning, owning and managing the Raiders, pulling the strings on this puppet show or being the ringmaster of the circus as you were. Um, Moving on, though, to the Miami-New England game. Another big upset. Upset special as well. What did I say? I said Miami or New England in a close one by one point, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I got to say, you were hot this week. I mean, your picks were right on the money, and mine not so much. And as I said in the preview show last week, I would love for Miami to win this game, and I will be cheering for Miami all the way. And I was right there cheering for them all the way 
and they managed to pull out the game to stay in the division hunt. Uh, Wes Welker with a good game on the New England side um, with 10 receptions for 167 yards. And Sam Aiken with only one catch, but a huge one at 81 yards for a touchdown. Um, do you think it's the right strategy with Ronnie Brown out right now, having Chad Hene throw for 52 pass attempts? I don't. I never like it when a quarterback eclipses 50 passing yards or 50 passing attempts. I hate it when the Eagles eclipse 45. Even I. I. I'm a run for. I'm a pass. Pass to run guy. I love passing, but I also like running the ball at least 35 times a game, or at least 30 times a game. Uh, I do. When you're throwing the ball 52 times, you're you're not bound to win. But um. So do I think it's the right strategy? No. Do I think it's uh, pretty desperate for them? Yes. Chattanay is their future quarterback. He looks very good. Uh, and with Ronnie Brown out, they needed to throw the ball. But uh, Ricky Williams looking pretty good, though, as well. 18 attempts for 75 yards. Yeah. But uh, I like uh, – they should have ran the ball more this game. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I mean – I don't care who you are, 52 pass attempts is too much. You always hear me about passing being the wrong strategy because I'm a power run first kind of guy. But um, I do like Chad Hene, and my question to you is where does the other Chad end up at the end of the year? Oh, uh, released. Yes. The the Dolphins love this Chad Hene. I think that's Um, a foregone conclusion. I should have... specified my question more is what team do you think where what kind of offense do you see Chad Pennington mm. being a factor in at the a beginning factor there's not many teams that he would be a factor in um, a backup quarterback I'm I'm sure 30 out of the 32 teams would take him as a backup QB he's a pretty good backup QB very very accurate uh, almost the exact opposite of Jamarcus Russell very accurate but he can only throw the ball about 30 yards downfield. Yeah, so that eliminates the Raiders. Um, yeah. In the NFL, you can't do that, but I think he could be, maybe if Buffalo doesn't go quarterback this draft, I think I think Buffalo does, does what Miami does. Instead of going quarterback this draft, they go offensive line or receiver, and they, they pick up Chad Hene to run their offense for a year and pick up a quarterback next year. Chad uh, Pennington. Yeah, I, I see him most likely being a factor in the Buffalo offense. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good fit there. I mean, we'll still see him in the division, but um, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a huge Miami Dolphins fan um, the other day, and he says he's deadly accurate, but every time he throws out the ball, I find myself watching it go in slow motion. And saying, yeah. please don't get intercepted. Please don't get intercepted. But still, the DBs and the safeties have more time to get over that ball if it's not thrown as hard. But they still can't find a way to get themselves in front of it to pick it up. So I think that's one of his main uh, benefactors and strategies. Is uh, He's a very accurate quarterback and he's very... He doesn't make many mistakes. He won't beat himself. You'll have to beat him. Yeah. Uh, very conservative type of quarterback. Um, Buffalo's got that running attack with Marshawn Lynch and Fred Jackson. Um, 
I do see him going to Buffalo. But uh, I don't see him staying on Miami too much longer. Okay. Uh, moving to the first of the four o'clock starts for the week. We've and got... that was San Diego at Cleveland. We covered this game a little bit. Yeah, I'll let you do most of the talking here because I'm liable to get carried away. Well, honestly, uh, San Diego did let this game up at the last couple of seconds, letting Cleveland get that onside kick and everything. Uh, it was fairly easy, though, easier than the score suggested. Uh, Cleveland did score 16 of their points in the fourth court- quarter. So, uh, I mean, what can you say about that? The Chargers defense gave up a lot, especially when you let Brady Quinn go wild on you and get three TDs in 271 yards. Yeah, and that brings up another question, though, is um, 45 attempts for Brady Quinn. I know I'm uh, I'm beating a dead horse here, but 45 attempts is that yeah, too much? Yeah, but Joshua Cribs is your uh, leading leading yardage for your running back. I do think Cleveland needs to throw the ball because they do not have any running back. I mean, Jerome or uh, Josh Harrison or whatever his name is, I can't remember. I, he, I think it's James 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 Harrison. Harrison. Is he, He's not looking like a starting running back to me. I think Cleveland should consider taking a running back fairly high in this draft. Maybe not their first-round pick, but their uh, second or third round pick. It's a deep draft for running backs. Uh, Maybe Anthony Dixon out of Mississippi State or or a guy like... uh, uh, What's his name? The guy out of Texas, Brandon Sane out of Ohio State... Uh, the Penn State running back, Royster, any of those guys would be a, a pretty good fit in Cleveland. But uh, for the moment, I think Brady Quinn has to throw passes because that's all Cleveland has. Yeah. I I didn't really think about that when I brought that question up, but they did lose Jamal Lewis. Um, on the other and he is going to retire at the end of the season. On the other side of the ball, we have... LT making a couple of big milestones. Again, passing um, Marshall Folk and Jim Brown on the all-time rushing list. He is now 8th all-time, and he also scored his 150th touchdown and becomes the fastest running back ever to do so at 137 games. Um... That's amazing, and it seems like every time he's touching the ball, he's setting a new record at this point. Yeah, but he's not, he's not making, I mean, he gets two TDs, and I think it was only like 50 yards or something. 20 carries, the, 64 yards, and a TD. He's not the game-breaking back that he used to be. I mean, I don't think, he, he's not going to bust off 150 yards and three TDs anymore in a game. I think he'll uh, he'll he'll be a solid starter, sort of like a... He'll he'll end up sort of being like a Jamal Lewis type of guy, uh, consistently doing great, not good, or a good, not great. The the um, Edron James type of grinding. Yeah, until back. he reaches about and until he reaches about thirty four, and then when he reaches about thirty four, thirty five ish, I see him being a second stringer to end out his career at thirty seven. We'll see, but. He still needs about, I think it's six, five 
thousand and change to be the all-time leading rusher. Do I see him getting there? No, as I said no. before. But I see him, before his career is over, he's eighth right now, and before his career is over, he's a top five guy. Yeah. And um, he's still my favorite player in the league. What can I say? I always love my LT, and he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. So congrats yeah. to him on those milestones, and we'll have to see what he does in the future. My other question for you regarding the San Diego running situation, um, if Ladanian happens to go elsewhere, um, we do have Darren Sproles' franchise tagged right now. I think Darren Sproles leaves at the end of the year. I don't think San Diego resigns him. San Diego should go running back in this draft. Do you think he could be a future or a feature back anywhere? Darren Sproles? Yeah. No, I see him as specialty type of running back, maybe a third down running back. So so you don't see him getting twenty twenty two carries a game? I mean, he's five seven, like Maurice Jones drew. Actually, five six. Five six. So he's a the shortest he, running back in the league. Yeah. Um, Maurice Jones is five seven, but he's also two hundred and twenty pounds. Darren Sproles is five six, one hundred and ninety pounds. So, soaking wet. He's for you CFL fans out there. He's a sort of pinball Clemens type of player. Um. He's a specialty running back, kick return type of guy. His breakout speed is outrageous, but uh, I just can't see him getting 20 carries a game and getting hit by guys that are 110 pounds heavier than him. I I, play. I may be a little biased, but I love the guy, and I hope we don't lose him like we did Drew Brees, like we did Michael Turner to free agency last or a couple years ago. Um, I I love him. And I hope we keep him. Uh, he's the little big man, 10 pounds at birth, 190 pounds soaking wet right now, as you said. That's a Tyler Engel quote. Um, and I'm if we don't happen to resign him, which I would agree with you, I don't think we will, but I hope we do because I really like the guy. I'm going to miss his explosiveness on kick and punt returns because I think that's really where he shines is on special teams. Screens, yeah, I... pa- Screen passes, special teams, those type of plays where you need the speed. Yeah, I, I he's a very explosive player. Too small, though, for my liking for a first-string running back. I do think San Diego needs to go running back in this draft um, with only LT and when Darren Sproles leaves. You don't have Alger Buckley anymore. Sorry about that. Uh, but uh, you should go like a guy, like I said, Anthony Dixon out of Mississippi State or maybe C.J. Spiller. I don't think you get him. You know what I think, though, would be the best fit for San Diego is Toby Gerhardt out of Stanford, a West Coast boy. You get him in the second round. He's white. That shouldn't make much of a difference. I'm sorry for that racist comment. Um, but he is a guy, Stanford, he's had, I think he's had around 300 carries this year, uh, 22 touchdowns all around, and about 1,700 yards. Typical Eagles fan dusting off our diamonds and then throwing them in our face. Um, <laughs> moving on to our next game, though, 
Giants and Dallas. This was previewed to be a very good game and turned out being exactly that. Yeah, I said uh, Giants should win. The, I wanted the Giants to win. I thought Dallas would win. I was wrong. Um, yeah, and but, I, uh, I was the exact same way. I wanted the Giants to win, and I thought Dallas would win. And again, here's the beating the dead horse. Here I go again. Sound like a yeah, broken but record. Passing over 50 uh, attempts. What is was with this week? Um, 55. 55 no. attempts. He did go 40 in completions. Um, but really, you Barry Barber only gets 15 carries for 30. Why are you passing it so much? Um, yeah, I gotta agree with you. I mean, Marion Barber, and I thank Wade Phillips for deciding that um, my fantasy opponent didn't need points um, by throwing with Tony Romo and completely ignoring. Marion the Barbarian. Um, when you go 41 for 55 and lose, that's really kind of very odd, actually. Um, Jason Wooden with 14 receptions. Miles Austin with 10 receptions. You can definitely see who Romo's favorite targets are. Yeah. Uh, Tony Romo likes Miles Austin. He's really exploded this year. Um, Eli Manning not having a good game. Uh, it's a decent game. 11 for 25. Uh, 245 yards passing. Two TDs, one interception. Really, it was the big play that won it for the Giants. Steve Smith with 110 yards. Brandon Jacobs, one interception for 74 yards. It was the big plays that won this game for the Giants. That's apparent. Um... But uh, I do think they escaped with a pretty good win here. Not not dominating, but uh, but um, very good. Get them back on track after going yeah. through a bit of a struggle recently. Do we see them getting in the wild card? Perhaps. Do I see them getting pretty far in the playoffs? No. Um, the Giants are a good team. They have struggled this year. I don't think they'll be completely 100% good again until Eli Manning gets back completely and has surgery on his plantar fasciitis at the end of the year. Of course. But, uh, of course, the thing that worries me about Dallas, though, um, of course, they're coming into San Diego next week, and we'll get to that in the preview show on Saturday. They only managed um, 45 rushing yards against... Yeah. Yeah, a Giants rush defense that is meh. Yeah, I think really the the Cowboys are in a bit of trouble. It is December again. They've got a really tough schedule in December. They play New Orleans, Chargers, um, Eagles, and um, who's the last team? It's the, the Skins, I believe, Washington Redskins. Yeah, they could go 9-7 and seven there and miss the playoffs. Or perhaps 0-4. Oh the Skins almost beat them before this year. Um, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys are really bad in December, and they've got a really tough schedule. You are not guess- safe, Cowboys fans. I'm sorry, but I think you're going to at least lose at least two of those four games. That would put you at 10-6 and six and in danger. Um, you could lose three or maybe even all four. 
Sorry, yeah. sorry for the bad news, but uh, Tony Romo certainly did not show any of the December jitters in the past. That's one good thing to look at. Um, throwing for almost 400 yeah, but yards it was only the beginning touchdowns. Uh, they go into San Diego next week. They go into New Orleans. They're coldest. They they don't have any cold games left. They do have really tough teams. I think it's a loss versus New Orleans, a loss versus San Diego, and a loss versus the Eagles, and perhaps a, sh- a small win versus the Redskins. Cowboys finish up the season nine and seven, missing the playoffs. Yeah, they haven't won a playoff game in seventeen years now, I believe it is. So, or. They haven't been to the playoffs in eight years, even seven, eight years now. So we'll have... well, they they played. Uh, they were in the playoffs a couple of years back. Remember when Tony Romo bobbled the snap against the Seahawks? That's right. Uh, sorry for my error there. Um, and he's back to handling kicks, by the way. Um, we'll see how that turns out. We could see a repeat. Who's back to handling kicks? Tony Romo. Right? is now handling kicks for the Cowboys once again for the first time since that ball. Why don't they just why do they have Tony Romo do it? Why can't they have like their backup quarterback or even uh Matt McBriar like the rest of the team uses their punters? I don't know. I don't know. Talk to Wade Phillips and we'll get back to that later. See if you get an answer from him. Uh, Moving on to the final game of the four o'clocks Seattle San Fran. I thought San Francisco had this game in the bag. Yeah. Um and this was a huge playoff game for them. Re- really it had the intensity of a playoff game for San Fran cuz they knew if they won this game uh, Minnesota had a chance of beating Arizona, which many people considered a very good chance and they could gain they could have gained a full game on this. Instead, um, they stay right where they are pretty much. Well, but we'll get they to lose that two games. Later. I think San Francisco is out of the playoffs. Uh, they got a tough remaining schedule. They play Arizona once more. They play the Eagles. They they have a pretty tough schedule. Um, I don't see San Francisco making the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be very tough for them. But... Um, on that note, San Fran, their one shining star in this game, Vernon Davis, once again, over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. What has yeah. happened with this guy? Oh, really? He's just, he's really taken on the captain ability, the captain that uh, Mike Singletary bestowed upon him. Um, he, the spread offense really worked for him. Alex Smith goes, 27 for 45, too many pass attempts, but we're, we're done uh, explain, explaining that. But Vernon Davis looking really good. Crabtree looking good. Um, th- this team has a young future. Good future. Um, and how did my sit Matt Hasselback fantasy yeah. go? <laughs> Another reason not to listen to me. A lot Matt Hasselback finishes with... Um, 25 for 34, 198 yards, and two touchdowns. So a lot of short completions, but they came in high numbers. And he generally had a pretty good game. I believe that is 17 fantasy points. Yes. Um, not as good as Alex Smith's game, but uh, but I do think he did a very good game. Uh, Seattle out of the playoffs this year. 
I do think they need to go quarterback in next year's draft. But I do think uh, they're they're going to play the role of spoiler fairly well. Yeah, I think they're a team that's most dangerous when they're playing for pride, which is kind of sad to say. But um, when they don't have anything to play for other than that spoiler role, that's when they can be most dangerous. Yeah. Moving on to our Sunday night challenge game, Bravo. I am the smartest man alive. Bravo. I got to give him his props here. Um, wow. Larry Fitzgerald did just enough to make my fantasy matchup very nerve-wracking. Um, with 140 yards receiving and a touchdown, I did end up winning by about 10 points. But a 20-point game from Larry Fitzgerald made me very, very nervous. Yeah. Um, really, you didn't see this when it happened, but Kurt Warner and the Vic- or Carolina Cardinals get hot in December like the Eagles. They are a very explosive team. I was this... They're, when they're when they're hot, they're hot. I mean, uh, I I do think they're a lot better than last year's Arizona. Um, I see them might get maybe they're gonna get in the playoffs as a four seed, perhaps even third seed. Um, they're really good. Um, and I do see the Vikings were a little bit exposed there. Brett Favre throwing two picks. He now has five picks on the year. Um, yeah, he hadn't thrown a pick in about 150 pass attempts. Until throwing his first pick in this game, another 45-yard attempt game. I just don't understand. Uh, Adrian Peterson only getting—I don't even know—he's not even on the list here. I, I was gonna say, uh, calling Adrian Peterson 13 carries, 19 yards. Yeah, I, and he did have an 11-yard carry in this game. Not a good day by Adrian Peterson. Brett Favre forced to throw the ball. And he Brett did Favre have, forced... he did have, however, he did contribute to the passing game a little bit. He did have six receptions for 46 yards, but definitely not the day we were expecting from Adrian. No. Um, I see the Vikings are exposed now. Brett Favre, uh, Jared Allen, people think, oh, he's so great, he's so great, how but he's got 14 sacks, I believe. Yeah, and he got handled by a backup tackle. Yeah, seven and a half sacks of his 14 sacks came against a very, very weak Green Bay offensive line. I, I, Jared, I don't see all the hype about Jared Allen. He is, he's got, if you discount those Green Bay sacks, which of course sacks are sacks, you can't. He's only got seven or six and a half sacks on the season. He's an average right end, I'm afraid to say. And I know all those Vikings fans will be really mad at him. Whoa, whoa, Jared Allen is not average. I will say that right now. He is above average, but he is I mean, not the superstar he's been made to be. He's overrated, I think. I do think there are ends that are better than him, a la Justin Tuck, Darnell Dockett. Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, stuff like that. Um, but I don't think he's average. To call okay, maybe above average. To call but... him a mediocre end would be an insult to football. 
period. Well, he's not mediocre, let's say, but I, I don't see him the superstar that people made him out to be at the beginning of the season. I get that this Vikings defensive line is really good, but to be honest, anybody that has Pat Williams, Kevin Williams, and Ray Edwards on the other side yeah. is bound to, bound to uh, be able to do good. You're not going to get a lot of attention over on your side, no matter who you are, because they're going to be too preoccupied stuffing the two huge tackles in the middle. And I'm yeah. a big fan of both Kevin and Pat Williams, and I think, honestly, the Vikings' defensive line is the best line in the league. However, mm-hmm. they failed to get a sack against Kurt Warner. Not even close. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, a nice young middle linebacker, E.J. Henderson. Scary injury there for him. Yeah. Tyler posted a video earlier this week of um, a very disturbing uh, broken femur of E.J. Henderson. And, of course, the femur is an integral bone in your leg. And uh, that's that can be life-changing. That can be very damaging. And we'll have to see. It might be a couple years before a guy like E.J. Henderson can play football again. But um, I think I think he comes back next year. I don't think he does as good as he does. But uh, you're definitely I mean, you're definitely gonna lose some explosiveness with that type of injury. That's yeah. one of the most severe injuries in all of football. And to see it happen to someone like that, who's an integral part of their team, is very disheartening. Yeah, I I like EJ. Um, a very bad injury for him. He must have passed out when he got it. Uh, kept he kept calm. I do think he uh, played his injury well. He should be back by next season, Vikings fan. He was placed on IR. Not a hundred percent next season, but he will be back. Um, but uh, scary injury. He's fine though. And one more thing I want to talk about before we move on. I want to talk about the most underrated second receiver in the league, Anquan Bolden. Yes, this guy would two be, TDs. This guy would be a star receiver, number one receiver anywhere else except for yeah. the Arizona Cardinals, only because he's behind Larry Fitz. Yeah, I mean, people got a key on double coverage on Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, another question is, is it... Is it the player that makes the team or the team that makes the player. If Larry Fitzgerald wasn't there, would Anquan Bolden be as good as a second receiver? Uh, that's up for uh, the what-ifs question. Yes, but uh, I will answer that right now. He would be as good because he has the ability to go up, get the ball, make catches that he shouldn't be able to make. Like that sinus catch versus the New York Jets was great. Oh, man. And the catch in this game even where... He was man-to-man with the corner, and he made a mid-air adjustment and made an unbelievable catch and uh, ended up getting a score out of it. Um, Seven receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns, again with a great game, and just I just drool when I think of the possibilities of some of these receivers in this league, like the... Um, Brandon Marshalls, the Anquan Boldens, the Vincent Jacksons, the Deshaun Jacksons, the Andre Johnsons, the Calvin Johnsons, 
there are so many good receivers in this league that any defense, no matter who you play for, no matter who you are in this league, should be at least somewhat scared of. Because they can light yeah. you up on any given day. Yeah. Angela Bolton, great game. Um, I do think he's a very good player. Underrated. Um, and we'll have to see what uh, brings him in the years to come. Moving on to Green Bay at Baltimore. Overrated, 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 overrated. Joe Flacco. Um, another bone to pick. I seem to be disagreeing with you a lot in this podcast. Um, yeah, Joe Flacco has one bad game, and all of a sudden he's overrated. I mean, I don't think he's had more than one bad game this year. This guy uh, is still developing. You have to remember that he hasn't reached kind of that peak potential yet. But oh, I understand that. I just think that the Ravens fans have overrated him. Oh, look, he's he's. <laughs> Messiah, he's he's going to win the he's going to win so many games for us, but I think he needs to develop more Ravens fans before you start crowning him king of quarterbacks. I think, I, I do think he's got he's a very good young quarterback with a lot of talent. Um, right now, though, he is being overrated by Ravens fans and analysts alike. I think that um, Joe Flacco, I'll, I'll say it right now, he'll have a better overall career than Jay Cutler. Yeah. Uh, Not as Matt Ryan, though. It's it's going to be close. Him and Matt Ryan are going to be close. But I think that he he's the type of quarterback I would want on my team. He's very... I think even though he had three picks in this game, I think he makes a lot of good decisions, generally. He's very uh, cautious with the ball. He's very judicious with his passing decisions. The only pass I really had a problem with him throwing um, this year so far, other than this game, was, of course, the interception that cost him the Colts game when they had when they were in field goal range and down by two. I really think he should be running the ball at this point, but that's not his fault. That's the coach's fault, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Um, Eagles special teams coordinator a couple years back. Right. Um, I do think that Ray Rice will be a star back in this. Oh yeah, he's looking like a Brian Westbrook Jr. out there. Um, and small, five eight, only five eight. No offense, but I think um, he might be. He will be better than Brian Westbrook. He's, I think. he's tougher, less fragile. I think. Well, I mean, Westbrook's only been hurt a lot this year. I mean, last year. And that, that comes with all running backs when you reach 30. And last oh. year, and the year before, and the year before. No, he's never been consistently hurt like he has been this year. But LT and Westbrook and Jamal Lewis, all those guys, when you reach 30, you're going to get, you're going to hit the stone wall of the running backs. Westbrook with two concussions, LT with a groin injury that's hurt him. No, Nobody um, else, like, Nobody has been able to break through that wall yet, I don't think. Everybody, 30 is like the golden age to go south. Yeah. For running really, backs. I can't... Really, they've got the shortest careers in football. Yeah, it's probably because they're being pounded so often in the middle of those tackles. Being piled on, being pounded on. 
and consistently being tackled by guys 100 pounds heavier than a lot of them. So. Yeah. But I do like the way Ray Rice is developing. I do like the way they're using him in the offense. And we'll have to see where he goes from here. Yeah. Well, Green Bay wins. I didn't really watch this game um, that much. He, uh, I heard it. I didn't watch it either. But um, I heard there was a lot of penalties. Um Lots of turnovers. I heard it was an okay game, but it wasn't really one. I watched a little bit of it. It wasn't really one that sparked my interest too much. Like, it was definitely not the worst game of the week, but it was not the usual Monday night or Sunday or Monday night primetime caliber game that we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, not a Monday night caliber game, yeah, like you said. But um, Green Bay escaped the win, still second place for the wild card. Um, I like Green Bay. I like how they've coped with the injuries to Aaron Campman and uh, Al Harris. Um, good team, uh, bright future. Same with the Baltimore Ravens. I do love Michael Orr. He is one of my favorite players in the league, as Jordan knows that. Um, but uh, both teams are bright futures. I like them. Yeah, I don't blame you for liking um, Green Bay. I think they're a very good foundation team. Baltimore, I do think they've been slightly overrated this season. But their defense isn't what it used to be. They're going to have to make some changes. But... uh as I said, this game didn't really catch my interest, but Green Bay walks away with the win, and they are now seven and five, or eight and four. Eight and four. Eight and four. Yeah. So I think that about wraps it up for us this week, Tyler. Yep. Uh, we will be back with our preview show up by Saturday, hopefully. Um. And uh, don't forget a couple of new news items in our side of the uh, production. Um, we are on iTunes. We are on iTunes. And as always, um, check out the website at crazyconnectsfootball.blogspot.com. We're trying to post stuff up there regularly. Um, and if you go to the iTunes store and search Crazy Connects Football in the search bar. You should be able to find us. We're under Sports and Recreation. Um, I I have also posted some stuff. We have a feed, and uh, we hope to get as many listeners as we can in the future, and we're always open to having new members. Uh, should I mention the franchise, Tyler? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, again, Jordan franchise. Jordan here. Uh, successful franchise. He loves running it. We do need more people. We only have 10. Um, but, uh, if you have Madden, search us up, uh, at, uh, on Xbox Live. My gamer tag is Outrageous Emu. Uh, hit me up for a friend request. Hit Jordan up for a friend request. Jordan here, too. Um, other than that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
we're always open having new members. We're a couple weeks away from the playoffs now, so uh, but at the start of season two, we'll be looking for new active members. We uh, advance the week a couple times a week, one or two times a week, hopefully. That's the pace I would like to keep. And uh, we're always looking for new members. So for all you men players out there, have some fun with it and look us up. Yeah. And speaking of uh, new members, the show, we, we want uh, people to contribute. And if you would like to, you know, come on our show once and talk about football, tell us of your favorite team, uh, we'd be glad to have you. Well, I'd be glad to have you. I'm putting Jordan on the spot here. He I've, He's never heard this from me before. But, um... So uh, we have we'd uh, we'd love to have anybody else's input. Write comments on our uh, blog. We'd love to answer your questions. We're always open for feedback. We're always uh, looking for ways to improve, and uh, if you have any ways for us to up the quality of the show, any discussion topics, any stuff like that, anything you want us to cover on the show that you haven't heard from us yet, uh, we're always open to new ideas. And we love contributions from people listening to the show. Anyways, that's our show for today. I'm Tyler Engel. I'm Jordan Smith. And uh, thanks for listening. We will see you on Saturday. Wait!